0: I'm going to be editing the shit out of this, so if we, like, stall, we'll need to look up something, or, like, forget something, don't sweat it, like, I'll all edit it. Right, that's, that's what I figured. I, yeah, I'll edit it so it's all snappy and shit, like, usually, whenever I get on a mic, there's a lot of, like, bullshit that I've edited out, like, stalling and stuff. Yeah. Alright, well, I'm going to introduce the show, I guess. Alrighty. I've never done this well. Welcome to Noob Heavy end of year special. I'm here with Zach from Zach Records and Reviews. Hey, Zach. Hey, man. Zach's been writing for Noob Heavy since about mid-2019, somewhere about that, yeah?
1: Yeah. We'll
0: be doing interviews as well and stuff. We've got Zach on today to basically chat about our favorites of the year in terms of metal albums and hardcore albums, and we've got some disappointments, I believe, right? Yeah, I've uh, got the worst list ready, too, so... I don't have an official worst list, but I've definitely got some albums that uh, I did not appreciate their existence. Hmm. I don't know if I'll have enough to fill a whole list on that one. Alright, well, I suppose I should open my list and we can get into the... Where should we start? The bottom of the top?
2: I think we should start with the worst, just so we, like, end on a high note.
0: Alright, yeah, that might be a <laughs> Oh the worst. There was some bad albums this year.
1: From new
0: from new bands. And there was also some disappointing albums from old bands. Yeah. And there's been some albums that some people think is garbage and a lot of people say is really good. And it'll be interesting to see where we fall on that side of the argument there. So you wanna since you've got a proper list you probably have more than me, you can start with yours if you want.
2: Yeah, um, it's not all, it's not all metal. So I'll I'll skip some of the, the lighter stuff on here, but I know my least favorite album of the year was Chronicles of a Black Winter by Artac, Uh, they're this black metal band from Canada, I think. And the vocals were just piss fucking awful. And the album was like an hour long. I sat through the entire thing.
0: Yeah. I haven't heard that one myself. And I suppose I don't want to.
2: No, you don't. It was uh, it was sent to me as a promo from a uh, PR firm that I normally get really good stuff from. So I put that on. Is <laughs> this?
0: Yeah, I I do ignore a lot of um, black metal promos, especially. That's from, reasonable. Especially from like certain PR people who seem to only send me stuff from Poland and France, which always kind of worries me. mm
2: You got to watch out for Ukraine too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's true as well. Although Russia yeah, and really. the Ukraine have this really good post black metalcore hybrid movement happening over there. That's really good with bands like, um, Toulouse and Lahom absurd and stuff. Huh? I have, uh, I haven't heard about that. I'll have to check it out. It's pretty sweet. Like, there's a lot of black gay screamo sort of stuff happening over here and stuff, but like theirs is more like straight mixing post metal, black metal, and metalcore. You know. Mm. My list is pretty short, but in terms of my least favorite album, I can't remember the name of the album. I haven't got it written down. But the band Blue Shift, who I reviewed earlier in the year, too much controversy because it was my lowest score I ever gave. Their progressive metalcore. That's one of the situations where I listened to the album maybe like four or five times just to figure out what I thought about it. Mm. And each time I heard it, I kind of got a little bit angrier and I realized that I hated more things about it.
2: Yeah. Now I remember when you, uh, when you posted that review, I read it. I was like, holy shit, man.
0: <laughs> yeah. I got blocked by a couple of reviewers for that just because oh, wow. they said it wasn't valid. And yeah, that's definitely the one I got the most feedback on. But I'd say most of the feedback was positive, positive. Hmm. and the band yeah, made I it. saw
2: even the band was uh was pretty uh they they weren't angry or anything.
0: Yeah, I think they were low key cut
2: though.
0: All right, so um, you got three black metal bands sent to you by PR firms on your bottom five.
2: Yes, and one of them is uh, one of the projects is Runes by Burghley. They're this black metal band from Spain, which, after reading some reviews on Metalum, I learned are actually pretty infamous for their really shitty demos. This one, I Shit You Not, had a fucking fucking recorder or something that they had a solo of in one song. And it was absolutely ridiculous. I think I texted you about it when I heard it, because I was just confounded. (laughs) <laughs> a recorder. Oh,
0: yeah, was... I'm just imagining like hot cross buns being played over a tremolo picking.
2: Yeah, it was absolutely the most embarrassing thing I've heard put to record.
0: God, black metal, uh-huh. by and large, has the biggest percentage of just shit albums in general, <laughs> I immense. think that's a shame
2: because uh looking at my top 10 too not to spoil anything but there's two black metal albums in my top five as well so it's hard to defend the genre when so much shit comes out but there is some gold among uh all the garbage um this other one is it's called frost or uh from the roots of a frostbitten land by vorst um I believe they're from Texas. Uh, one man black metal project. Just absolutely embarrassing all around. Production was god awful. Um, vocals, god awful lyrics. Fucking embarrassing.
0: Actually, yeah, I don't have any. I don't think I have any black metal at the bottom of my list. But like, that's because I would have put on a bad black metal album for maybe 30 seconds and gone that. Nah get fucked and just deleted it deleted it entirely from my computer Um, yeah it's
2: understandable I'm a psychopath and I listen to things all the fucking way through
0: yeah and memorize them and shit (laughs) Uh, I'm gonna say Code Orange the new Code Orange for me was in my least favorite albums for sure that album sucked thank you so many people I know defend the shit out of it which like fine I'm not attacking them or anything they can like the album that's Sweet, that's fine, but like it's just not what they were setting up to be, you know what I mean, yeah, I wanted to see them take to new heights what they were developing, and then they just went. uh oh, we'll ditch our development and we're just gonna go with this kind of gimmick,
2: yeah, um, that album was number twelve on my worst list. I don't know if you guys have uh w w e over there, the professional wrestling. But yeah, that album that it. album literally reminded me a lot of the stuff on there of fucking sure. WWE entrance music.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, I can see what you mean.
2: And uh, all the like the random glitches and in du- quote unquote industrial elements on the album were super annoying and unnecessary.
0: Yeah, well, their, um, their very first release, their like EP, that made it into my recent top 40 of all time. Like, that's a great really? album. Really? Yeah, like, I love that shit. It's heavy as fuck. It's got a lot of grit to it. Mm. And yeah, with each album, they did change a bit, but they stayed quite consistent until this one. And I just wasn't, I'm not, just not ready to accept it. Maybe in like another two albums, it will make more sense to me. Right. But uh, yeah, not right now. One of my biggest disappointments of the year, where I'm not necessarily saying it's the the shittiest album or anything, is uh, the new Enter Shikari.
2: That, <laughs> is a, that is a band that I have personally not delved into. Their discography is quite intimidating from the outside looking in.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty random, but there is like like... They actually have quite a few albums. But like I was really into probably like the mid stuff. Like a Flash Flood of Color is a really good album. Some like good mix of high energy dubstep and post hardcore and mathcore sort of stuff with like some mm. ballad ballady kind of choruses. This new one, Nothing Is True and Everything Is Possible, is just really flat in comparison to that energy. Like it's just not a party anymore. You know what I mean? Right. It's just like it's way, takes itself way too seriously in its messaging. They've always had like political messages, but when the messaging is the same shit we've been hearing all year now, because everyone's radicalized in 2020 now, it yeah. just doesn't hit as well as it used to when they were the only ones saying that sort of shit. So
2: do you, do you think that maybe taken out of context of the year that it could be better?
0: Um, uh, maybe, um, I did hear a really good album EP from CrossFaith that came out this year that was similar, mm. but had so much more of the energy and shit. Right. I don't know. They're going a bit like Muse, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so what, what, what else you got on your list? How many is on your list? 15?
2: 20 this year. Not metal or hardcore. It is all distortions are intentional. By Neck Deep. They're a pop punk band, not exactly highly acclaimed. Uh, we're well respected, but I love the shit out of Neck Deep before this album came out. Um, it was just overproduced. The vocals were fucking very, like, uh, digitalized. They sounded so weird, and the lyrics, very, uh, very cringeworthy. And it was bound to happen. They're getting more mainstream, but. You know, still disappointing uh, as a fan. And then number four was uh, the album Willow by this metalcore band called Reflections. Just super boring. It's it's overly distorted. And uh, the riffs are meant to be heavy. And it's a chug fest. But there's just no atmosphere or anything. It's just a big ball of gray. And when an album is so boring that it ends up in my, you know, top five worst, that's pretty, that's pretty extreme.
0: I think I've probably got one that might be on your list. I don't know, it's on a lot of people's list Currents.
2: <laughs> um, the, the new Currents album, The Way It Ends.
0: Yeah. Progressive Metalcore.
2: Yeah. Um, I might be in the minority here. I just bought that on vinyl. Like a couple of days ago.
0: <laughs> Fair enough.
2: Yeah, I mean, I understand they're a bit generic, but I think they they do the sound very well for what it is. That they take all the the best assets of the sound and combine it into one. But I understand why people don't like it at the same time.
0: Yeah, I think for me is like other than yeah, like being quite generic. I think the album cover kind of. <laughs> Makes it look like it's going to be a really good album or something. It has that posturing of like something that's going to be like iconic or something, but then it's just like not quite, uh, its own character enough for me. I can see that. Progressive metalcore is, there wasn't many albums in general from that genre I enjoyed at all this year. Me neither. I I think Protest the Hero is the only one that I was really impressed by.
3: That's another band that I
2: haven't listened to just because their discography is so intimidating.
0: Yeah, I've only heard the newest one, and I really liked it. It was like, um I describe it as Bruce Dickinson singing The Black Parade. It's pretty solid. Another disappointment that I had on my list, just because so many people enjoyed the shit out of it, and then when I tried it, I was just like, this is boring. It was um Sirith Ungol, thrash slash death metal. I guess, an old boomer band from back in the day that's still kicking.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never heard of that.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, pretty generic. I think a lot of people get too excited about seeing the right name with the right artwork. Right. And they don't really care what it sounds like as long as it's thrash and death, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, no, I, I get that. Um, I know a lot of times even with me I'll hear stuff from bands that I've liked in the past and I always try and question whether I'd like it if it, you know, if it were another band that had made it.
3: Yeah. It's it's weird how,
2: you know, certain associations can trick our brains into thinking that we that we like things.
0: Yeah, definitely. Oh well, should probably move this along. Why don't you just call off some of the names you got left on your list and I'll see if I recognize any of them.
3: Alrighty. Um
0: we got Point of
2: Departure by Mortal Fall, little folk metal band, it was really bad. I doubt you've heard of it. Um,
0: <laughs> I uh, avoid folk in general.
2: Yeah, that's understandable. Um got Father of All by Green
0: Day, uh, 'cause that um, fucking suck. I didn't even know they had a new one.
2: Uh you're not missing much.
0: Uh Stygy
2: and Bell volume one by Bell Witch and Ariel Ruin. Um
0: Oh, okay, that's surprising.
2: Yeah, I was expecting a lot more when I saw the Bell Witch name and that fucking uh, awesome album art. I just it was so boring. I um,
0: think I, I gave thought, it one listen. I'm not too sure how I felt. I thought the
2: uh the product I could have used so much better production to really carry those riffs into you know, interesting territory. And uh then we got two by Death the Leveler, another really boring doom metal album with
3: some
2: uh bad vocals.
0: Yeah, I wasn't I only had one of the Oh, you mean the album too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I only had yeah, I thought you saying those two albums by that band, and I was like, oh, Christ, like, I had one, and it wasn't great, but yeah, I agree with that one. Yeah. Um, oh, well, I feel bad, because I think they are, like, really underground and shit.
1: But
2: Oh, they are. A couple of the bands that I've listed on here are really underground, and I always feel bad putting them on there, but at the same time...
1: The underground does make bad
0: music.
2: Yeah, and I mean, if I don't rank them among the big boys, it kind of feels like I'm invalidating the underground and smaller artists in general as, like, you know, not able to be judged uh, the same as those bigger bands.
0: Yeah, did it. I...
2: And, you know, it works both ways, because there's a lot of really underground stuff on my best list, too. So.
0: Yeah, mine was pretty much entirely underground this year.
2: Then we got Before the Age of Mirrors by Raspberry Bulbs. Very weird, hardcore album with some bad production.
0: I didn't mind that one myself. That stuck around on my media player when I uh, went through deleting a bunch of shit. It was
2: certainly interesting. Just wasn't a sound that really did much for me.
0: I think I I I just really like um, album covers that have the color pink on them. Mm. I think that's literally as shallow as it is for me. I just see Pink and I'm like, it's probably a good album. Understandable. Uh, then we got Everyone
2: Loves You Once You Leave Them by The Amity Affliction. Yeah, I didn't even try that one. I. Uh, yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah, I. I just had a feeling uh sect of vile divinities by incantation i know i'm in the minority on that one but i thought that album was really bad
0: i listened to it once and it didn't grab me i don't really have any criticisms because i didn't get invested enough to analyze it like that no we got
2: um two emo punk bands called um talk me off and floral tattoo both just pretty bad albums I, i didn't enjoy and Twenty Seven Miles Underwater by Higher Power, another hardcore band that I did not uh enjoy. Very weird mix of styles and sounds. Don't you wanna be glad by super whatever. Very odd emo album. King of the Silent World by Gravier. You might have heard that one. Really yeah, really just yeah. boring Death Doom in my opinion. Yeah, from uh, my town, Brisbane. Yeah, and uh, I kind of felt bad putting that one on here. And then finally, uh, No Living Man is Innocent by Necrophiliac. Uh, just the super boring. and.
0: Okay, well, those were some of the worst albums of the year, I guess. Like I said, I don't listen to bad albums enough. Like, I turn off once I realize they're bad pretty quickly. But there is a lot of albums from big bands this year that just, their previous work throughout time has like hit me in really big ways, but their modern output just, I couldn't give a shit. Like, even though I feel like I'm, I should. Mm. Like, um, City Burials by Catatonia. That was, yeah, one of the least interesting albums of the year for me. Um, I wasn't that taken by my, the new My Dying Bride. I didn't like I, that one either. I think out of all the Doom bands still kicking it, the one that I still really like is probably Paradise Lost. But the rest are kind of getting a bit stale. Um, Yeah. Did not care about the New Testament album.
2: I didn't even listen to that one.
0: And I didn't care about most other big names that came out this year, honestly. Like, this year, the AAA scene... I guess they kind of rely too heavily on having access to studios and being able to interact with people, which they couldn't do during COVID, so the underground scene kind of put out more quality music because they are doing it how they've always been doing it, which is by any means necessary. Right. So yeah, I don't know. Get to the best now. Yeah, I did have one more disappointment, though. Hmm. That I think will be a point of contention for you. You probably guess would album I found disappointing that you would disagree with. But um oh, what the fuck Afterburn by Dance Gavin Dance. Oh yeah. J just, just yeah. did not grab me whatsoever. I feel like since um I I think since instant gratification, which was after acceptance speech. Yes. They've kind of had a very similar sound each album, in my opinion, whereas prior to that they were very much known for evolving like every release, basically, in some way, usually because they changed singers. Yeah, I could see that. Have they had the same singer for most of that time, do you think, since... How long have yeah, they had this um, singer- the their singer right
2: now, his name is uh, Tilly, and, and he has been with them since Acceptance uh, each so...
0: Yeah, so that makes sense, I guess. That's probably why they've kind of plateaued for me. They've had the same vocalist for more than fucking five years.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, that's, that's a fair argument. They have uh, stagnated a bit. I reckon they have little experiments within each album that I think uh, separates them from one another. But generally speaking, their sound hasn't had a drastic change
3: in uh,
2: recent years.
0: Yeah, they're one of my favorite post-hardcore bands, but I also kind of really resent them for creating swancore, hmm. which is like a, drawn, a sub-genre that has way more bad albums than good albums. It's like Nintendo core.
2: I can agree. I think I I find a lot of swancore not necessarily bad, but very boring, and it just makes me want to listen to dance Gavin dance.
0: Yeah, I find a lot of it unnecessary.
2: Yeah, that's a good way to put it.
0: All right, well, let's move on to our best of the year list. Let me pull mine up. I published mine recently on NoobHeavy.com. You can all go see that there if you want to go listen to these albums. Mine is actually
2: you? not published anywhere yet, so this uh, this will be a first uh, a first look, uh, I reckon. Sweet
0: as. Yeah. yeah, my only preparation for this was Smoking Weed, so. Well, mine's a top 25. Okay, I can just, uh, I can cut the last five off of mine and we can just do the comparison. I might just say like the first five and then if you want to talk about any of those. Okay. Or if I want to talk about any of those, I'll pick one out. Um, my 25 to 20 was Holocene Extinction by Terminal Nation, which is like metal slash power violence from America. Mm. 24 was Cytotoxin nuclear 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 number 23 feminazgul. nazgul probably saying that wrong feminazgul no dawn for men number 22 couch slut take a chance on rock and roll 21 concede and 20 vagina witchcraft
2: hmm. i um i love cytotoxin i thought that i thought nuclear Earth was a, a great album
0: yeah, it's really good. I like that one. Very, um, very punchy.
2: Yeah, no, very well produced. I didn't uh, enjoy uh, Feminazgo very much. I love, uh, you know, their message, of course, and I, I think they're probably really good people, but I did not enjoy the production on that album very much.
0: Yeah, fair enough. I really did enjoy that album. I like sort of post-black metal quite a bit. It's hard for me to find it offensive or boring. I kind of just put it on and take it for what it is. Mm. But I do really enjoy the artwork on that one, and I have been keeping up with them on Twitter, and I love how controversial they've become. There's a whole anti-feministical movement that's happening in the black metal scene that's like very transphobic and um, misogynist. I'm but sure. as a but as a result, it's like made them more successful than ever, and they're selling a bunch of sh- more shit on Bandcamp. They recently put out a coffee mug that says um, "Black Metal Chud Tears" and shit like that. That's awesome. Yeah. So like, yeah, they're just great people and stuff. So yeah, they're on my list in terms of just all around, you know, music, the band, yeah, the look of it all. Like, I think they deserve to be talked about at the very least, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, absolutely. And and more power to them for, um, yeah. you know,
2: pissing off black metal nerds and, uh, yeah. their continued success and whatnot.
0: Vagina Witchcraft is another really good one to point out because, um, other than being like really hard, like solid hardcore sludge, they're, um, basically a protest band.
1: Mm.
0: And, so they've got a lot of strong messaging and stuff there that they mix in with some, like, really heavy-ass fucking music. But they do this really sick thing where they've got, like, these two, like, really stoner guitarists who just play a lot of bluesy stoner riffs and shit over this hardcore screaming and and this hardcore drumming, and it's really fucking sick. Oh, nice. Yeah, like, really unique sound. Definitely, like, that's one that I think I'm possibly the only list to have Vagina Witchcraft on it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've never even heard the name, but it does sound really interesting.
0: Yeah, it's it's really criminally underrated. It's good shit. Hmm. What are your um? What are the tip of your twenty
3: five? Um, well, number twenty
2: five is I'm gonna butcher this title. It's a uh, Schwat by Porta Negra. They're a, a German black uh, post black metal band. Super, uh, melodic, amazing riffage. I mean, it's, it's stuck with me all year. Um, just really, about, uh, 24 is Visions of Bodies Being Burned by Clipping, uh, Industrial Hip Hop Group, um, lots of, uh, harsh noise, uh, influence in their sound. 23 was Tome One by Dismalamarence. Another fantastic post black metal record. Uh, I interviewed their guitarist on New Pebby. Yeah. Uh, Then 22 is Emergence by Symbolic. Fantastic tech death record. I think I
0: reviewed that on the site. I can't remember. Uh, I reviewed that one, and um, that one very nearly made it onto my interview list, but didn't quite get there. It's a really good album Mm. from the Artisan Era label. Oh yeah, I love I love those guys. They really do put out some of the best tech death. Yeah, I've got my favorite album from their um uh, from their label on my list later on as well. I do too, actually.
2: Um then number twenty one was Reunions by Jason Isbell and the four hundred unit, unit. Uh that's a very out of left field pick for me. It's a country record. Um which I know the, just, just the word makes a lot of people vomit in their mouths, but it's, uh, it's actually really, really good. Faith in Chaos by Unbounded Terror. Uh, it was one of the first releases I heard this year, which, which might be why it, um, stuck with me like it did. Uh, I know I have that problem sometimes where I'll have a bias towards things that, you know, I've, have been around longer, but yeah. regardless. It has fantastic vocals and so many catchy riffs and amazing guitar solos. Uh, I guess
0: I'll do my 19 to 15. Uh, 19, I got Hal Ripper, The Affair of Poisons, of course. Nice. Uh, I just always follow Hal Ripper, and I'm a big fan of James. I interviewed him. He's been interviewed a few ways on my site this year, I think. I think steve from aeon's abyss interviewed him after the affair of poisons on the website i had him on episode four of noob heavy radio uh, we did metal trivia with white crone and snorlax and hell ripper so i've always been following him and he's always been cool to us, so i uh, love his music number 18 frail 1962 really portis head inspired doom metal really dig it it's like void gaze basically the hmm. Dawn of Solace Waves, Gothic Metal from Finland. No, it's gonna be good. Number sixteen, my artisan era pick, Sutra Alethea. Althea. I don't know how to fuck to pronounce things. I'm Australian. That was a good one. Yeah, it's not, it's just an EP, but like it had such a journey on it. it yeah, it was did. Really well crafted. It had a lot of interesting instruments, like some. I Can't remember the name of it, but it had some far out traditional instruments from someplace in the world and they also do some really cool like throat singing in yeah. harmony together drina it's just really fucking cool it's like kind of like a lot of things that you'd hear in folk metal but without going folk they keep it progressive tech death you know
2: yeah no they they did a really good job it's super unique i can't wait can't wait to see where they take that
0: yeah uh number 15 einsoff which is just the album's just symbols i don't know how what the symbols are but there are void gaze from the Metal Lens. they are really bloody good it came out in january and i remembered it to keep it on my end of year list and i've been listening to it since so that's like an all-year favorite for me mm-hmm. that have just stuck with me
2: yeah i i heard that one um i i can't say that one did much for me but um definitely uh uh, Hell Ripper and Sutra
3: are, are some great picks
0: there. I'm just, I'm, as you'll see as the list goes on, I am just a sucker for like really depressing instrumentals with like doomy female vocals over them. That's, that's just a nice my combination. Yeah, it's just my jam. I just, that's, yeah, like Void Gaze basically. That's why I unironically enjoy Void Gaze.
2: I honestly have no fucking clue what Void Gazes is. I just started hearing the term like a month ago.
0: <laughs> it's just like mixing Doom or Gothic Metal with like Shoe Gaze. Mm. Good shit. A lot of distortion and stuff, but it's kind of still very alt-rock, not very full metal. Yeah. All right, well, let's hear your whatever the fuck. I don't know numbers.
2: 19 to 15. Uh <laughs> 19, we got an album title I'm not even fucking going to try to pronounce, uh, but the new I Drink My Coffee Alone album, which is actually yes. one that, that you sent me. That album is fucking crazy, man. It's uh, it's so unique, it's so, so good. weird. Um, it, it stuck with me all year.
3: That's and one just, that might be on the list. It will not. Uh, that album blew my
0: mind. It's yeah. like... Ah, uh, it's really hard to even approach it. Like every song is so different and it incorporates is. a different aspect of like deathcore and all that sort of genre.
2: It's... What really made my head fucking spin was on the track. Uh, I believe it's pronounced "mine in uh, where they literally flipped a fucking reggaeton beat into a deathcore song, and I think that is the most ridiculous shit I've ever heard, and it actually
0: worked. Yeah, it's so fucking sick. And, like, half the songs are about, like, video games and stuff. It's very, like... I reckon, of course, the band would really appreciate this album. Oh, I bet. Yeah, no, I'm glad to see that on your list. I really did enjoy That made it to my special mentions, but, yeah, I... Because I was going to do a separate hardcore list where this would have gone really high up, but I ended up merging them, and then some things fell to the special mentions that should be higher up, but yeah. Hmm.
3: And then at number 18, I had The
2: Arrows of Our Ways by uh, Isthme. Oh, yeah. Black metal from somewhere in the US, I can't remember, but... That album is absolutely gorgeous. I, I bought it on a set uh from Within the Mind Records a couple months back. Just a
3: fantastic record, really. Yeah,
0: that was a good early year one. Um early in the year, Clawhammer PR was just throwing out some crazy albums.
2: Oh my god, they were actually my next record which is Old Old Death by uh Toulouse, I think it's pronounced. Uh Black, just some pretty traditional, uh, first wave throwback uh, black metal, with just some of the best bass lines I have heard in black metal ever.
3: Nice. Um. Okay. Uh. Sixteen is "Honeymoon" by Beach Bunny. It's
2: a uh, pop rock. Um. And it, it would probably, you probably would not enjoy it at all, but. <laughs> Uh super catchy choruses. they uh, their front woman is uh one hell of a performer as well. So And then fifteen was To the Great Monolith Two by Death Void Terror. Uh I reviewed that one on the site early in the
3: year. And uh it was it was really good. I, I love that record.
0: Yeah, I quite enjoyed it too. Yeah, that was
2: a release from uh Repos Records, which I've been working pretty closely with throughout the year, but um they had just some just recently some like
3: dodgy oh, uh shit they were doing I heard about and it's nothing huge, but I'm I'm not really associating with them anymore.
0: What number was that? Sorry, sixteen? Oh that was fifteen. Fifteen, all right. Yeah, nah, really good looking on that I Drink My Coffee Alone pick. That's definitely one more people need to hear. Oh, yeah. I got uh number 14, Afterbirth, Four Dimensional Flesh. Really good sort of deconstruction of brutal death metal where it's... I haven't had a brutal death metal album like it. I think Defeated Insanity is kind of similar to it. Mm. But, um... Afterbirth are kind of close to the chasm, which I always enjoy. Very spacey cosmic prog metal, but like it's very abrasive and death at the same time. Uh number thirteen, Atrebilis, which is technical death metal from Canada. So you know it's gonna be good. Mm. Canada's just full of technical death metal like Thy Hollowed Catharsis and Calitoris and shit.
1: Arch oh, yeah. Spire,
0: and the list goes on. Uh number twelve, Malokan. Unveilance of Dark Matter. This is another really underrated post hardcore mathcore sort of album from Sweden. Very good shit. It's kinda like um one. it's kinda like Birds in Row or Bostonage and stuff like that. They're kind of really dark hardcore. Uh number eleven, Bull Elephant created from death. I know you like Bull Elephant.
2: I do like Bull Elephant. I, I've, they're so unique. I really wish um they would get on like streaming services or do a uh, a bigger like CD pressing or something because both of their uh, their their last two albums are both amazing.
0: Yeah, really. I think the last one made it to my 2019 end of year list. Oh, really? And now they're on my 2021. They're really good. very different sounds between the two albums, but like both solid. Oh yeah. They're a very interesting band. Progressive death doom is kind of how I'd sum it up if I had to. Yeah, Uh, I would
2: have trouble uh, putting them into one genre whole, quite
0: honestly. My end of year list, the genreing I've done on it, some people have had issue with. Mm. But let me just say, I am a genre idiot. Number 10, Co-Maniac Holodox. Probably my only thrash album I really enjoyed this year, outside of Warbringer. Mm. Really fun... Trash from Switzerland, there. No, that's 15 to 10. I
2: uh, I do really like um, the elephant. I can't say I was too fond of uh, Afterbirth or Malokin, though. Uh, neither was
3: particularly
2: bad or anything. Both were pretty middling for me, though. I might have to give Afterbirth uh, another listen, because that one was uh, uh, pretty strange. I might need some more time to digest
0: yeah definitely i when I first heard it, I wasn't that impressed with it, but I kept listening to it throughout the year, and over time it definitely got stronger
2: for me, my number fourteen was vicious and Humanity by Rat King mm. um that's another clawhammer pick right there uh some great sort of uh death grind from uh Seattle. Number 13 was No Dream by Jeff Rosenstock. Punk record. I think you'd actually really like it. Uh, I'll give that a follow. Number 12 was my other uh, Artisan Era pick was Neo Conception by Spectrum of Delusion. I reviewed that one on the site. Just amazing uh, tech death from the Netherlands.
0: Yeah, you just can't go wrong with the Artisan Era
2: you really can't. They have very few missteps in their catalog, I think. And then Eleven was Obscene Repressed by Benighted. Uh, that record is so good. It really is. I love Benighted. Uh, interviewing them was like a highlight of my year.
0: Yeah, that was awesome. And yeah, that
2: album was pretty fucking heavy. It was. Their their, their sound is so fucking crazy. And the way that they still managed to make it... Um, yeah, uh, you know, sort of catchy from song to song and memorable is is really a, a great skill that I don't think a lot of bands have.
0: Yeah, and for the listeners, when we're talking about interviews, you can really easily go find them at noobheavy.com. There's a tab at the top that says interviews, and you'll be able to find all these ones we've been talking about. They're all great.
2: Yeah, I gotta set another one up soon. I haven't done one in a few months. And then at number ten. Afterburner by Dance Gavin Dance.
0: <laughs> Which is fair enough. I completely understand why that would be on your top list.
2: Yeah. I mean, it did. Um, if you, if you look back at my mid-year best list, cause I always do one of those, it has fallen a bit. Um, and I think it's cause, uh, I, I've had trouble attributing it to, uh, one good reason. Uh, but I think some of the band's more emotional resonance has died down over the year and that they're more focused on, you know, style over uh, maybe some of the more meaningful things that used to be in their sounds. And, you know, it still sounds amazing in my opinion, but you know, if I can't connect to it, it really doesn't end up uh, that high on my list. My top five is by, you know, connecting with me on another level.
0: Yeah. I totally get that. That's why like, I kind of build it as a more of a disappointment, not as like a objectively bad album or anything like that. Like they are technically still brilliant, like on that level, but yeah, yeah. different areas of dance, go and dance are going to speak to different people on an emotional level like that as well. So they're practicing a lot, but maybe they're practicing too much and not getting out and experiencing enough.
2: Oh, they are for sure. I mean, especially before COVID, they were never not on tour they put out a new album like you know every year and a half and they're all in like five other bands so you know, that's yeah. like, really all they're doing is music which is great but you know
0: i think if um if secret band didn't exist i would probably rank their last few albums much higher dance Coming dance mm. but secret band has just taken like has taken me by storm in such a big way over the last couple of years that like I just like them more than Dance Gavin Dance as a whole now. Like John yeah, Mess I mean... is really impressive.
3: Oh, he is. He's
2: a fucking psychopath of a vocalist and a yeah. lyricist. Is...
0: And I think Secret Bang coming out made me realize that like, hang on, John Mess is a huge part of why I like Dance Gavin Dance.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, I don't know that I would put them above Dance, Gavin, Dance just because their discography is so, uh, so small right now, but yeah. that day could come.
0: Yeah, no, that Rat King was good. That came out um, the same... I reviewed that on the same day as I reviewed that other Clawhammer release. It is neat.
2: I bought those records on cassette together. I've I've associated those together pretty,
0: uh, pretty heavily. Nice. That's Two good cassettes right there. Oh yeah. I missed out on those unfortunately. I bet they're still up. Ah, uh, yeah, it's more about the shipping. Oh uh, yeah, for sure. They're so based in Washington. Yeah, some places I just can't buy from. That's understandable. Yeah. Uh number nine for me, Void Rot Descending Pillars. Uh Void Rot really impressed me in like January with their split with uh Adavisma on Gurgling Gore Records. Mm. That might be the wrong liquid label. Don't hold me to that. Um, but yeah, that, um, that, uh, split was teasing a uh, full length from both artists. I'm not sure if Adavisma did release full length, but this is the full length that was foretold and it's really good. Like, it's really fucking dark, really heavy, really slow. Mm. Number eight, Venom Prison, Primeval. It's just impressive. It just really is all around. Especially the album yeah. art. One of my favorite albums Prison this year. This is Al- Aloran Cantor as the album artist for that, and it's, I think it's his best work this year in terms of art. He it's did that new the... hate breed too. He did a yeah. lot of good stuff this year. Oh, he did shitloads. The, yeah, I think Venom Prison is his best one in my opinion. Number seven, Mrs. Piss, Self-Surgery. I really enjoy this one. It's not really metal. It's more like... um alt rock slash sort of punk mm. with like electronic elements but they do have parts where it like builds up and has black metal blast beats with screaming Oh, nice! so it's a nice mix of shit there really aggressive album really good album to listen to and acid can recommend that 100% number 6 undergang really interesting it's an interesting album it's Death Metal has gotten really boring to me, and when an album can jump out and go and just do something interesting, I'll dig it. And this one has a lot of interesting moments, a lot of surprises, and it's just undeniably good. Like, you'll enjoy it, man. I'll have to suss that out. I've been meaning to. Yeah, it's a very late release, so I can understand if it didn't make it to a lot of lists or didn't get a lot of chatter, but... Uh, it's pretty high on my list just because since I did get the promo for it, I have been listening to it a shitload. Like I feel like it came out earlier in the year.
2: Number nine was "You'll Be Fine" by Hot Mulligan, math rock type band uh, from Michigan. Eight was "Coping Machine" by City Mouth. They're a, a pop rock band also from the U.S. Uh, that I've been following for a very long time. Seven was Punisher by Phoebe Bridgers. It's a, a indie pop sort of album, very moody, uh, great lyrics. And then six was This Heavy Void by Body Snatcher because I fucking love that shit.
0: Yeah, I had a feeling
2: that one would be on your list. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if you heard it or if, or if you enjoyed it, but it's just so fucking heavy and I... When that sound is done right, the, the down-tempo deathcore stuff, I can really get into it, and I think they're the best at it.
0: Yeah, I definitely like it when it gets dark. It wasn't it wasn't bad at all. That was a good one.
2: And then number five, actually, topping Body Snatcher was an album that I didn't review on the site because I wanted to review Body Snatcher instead. Was, uh, Between Land and Sky by Mara Smiele atmospheric black metal band forget where they're from right now but that album was just breathtaking um the melodies on that album got stuck in my head all year it's just a a really ethereal album
0: nice I'll look into it I do enjoy a bit of post black and uh yeah that's my
2: nine to five
0: all right, well, my top five of 2020, these albums are very special, and I think everyone should hear them. Number five, Deformer Stranger, which is atmospheric black metal from Israel. This is the solo project of Alona D, and she does an incredible job. It's When I found it a few months ago, it had literally like three Bandcamp supporters, and there's oh, no... Wow. There's like no social media for it. So, like, and it's free on Bandcamp as well. But, uh, practically no one heard this album. And I thought it was the best black metal album of the year. Um, number four. This one I found through you, I believe. Uh, Obsidian by Viscera. Great album. Yeah, so good. Phenomenal album. Technical Deathcore from United Kingdom. It's just, it has a lot of like, more straightforward metalcore influence as well they have so many good peaks like uh in the song delilah and shit when the cleans kick in yeah like the cleans are really good like they're not too melodic there's like a bassiness to them yeah that like keeps it heavy and like in tune with the darkness of the music in a way It like quite remind me of um rivers of nile really uh Nihil. Nile. nile? No. I don't. just that really that that sprawling technical sound
3: sorry my dog is losing my but yeah no Obsidian's a great record I loved uh the use
2: of the theatrics and the synths on that album especially yes. on some of the breakdowns like that that shows epic
0: yeah the synths are really good and like it didn't when the breakdowns came, it didn't feel like a lot of the other breakdowny albums this year where it was just that sort of 101 palm mute chug. It felt more interesting every time. Yeah. I didn't feel bad for getting into like a shitty breakdown at any point. I was just like, fuck yeah, this is a good breakdown. Yeah. Um, number three, Witching Vernal. This is another album I think not many people have heard. It's a hybrid of sludge and punk and prog. Very, it's kind of raw, but also still very vibrant. Really strong album. Uh, number two, Dissidia, Costly Signals. That's my prog metal pick of the year and my Australian band pick of the year. They're really bloody good. Like when you think of prog metal, I usually think of something that gets pretty boring.
3: Me too.
0: (laughs) Or has a lot too much melody to it and stuff. This is a really fast paced album that keeps moving along and some parts of it just sound straight up sound like mathcore. Like it's very hectic oh, nice. and stuff, yeah, and a lot of like screamy vo- like high pitched screaming vocals and shit like that. It's a really good album. And that's got a really good album art from Adam Burke. This is my Adam Burke pick of the year as well.
2: Adam Burke is, is a legend. He he works on so much
0: good stuff. He really does. And like it' As opposed to like, uh, Lewandowski, for example, who works with a lot of stuff, but has the same looking album cover all the time. Adam yeah. Burke, Adam Burke, he'll work on a, so much stuff of so many different genres and each piece you look at is distinct. It's like, you oh, know, yeah. it's an Adam, you know, it's an Adam Burke piece, but it's also a unique piece on its own right.
2: Well, his range is crazy because just last year, like when I found out that he not only did uh, that Exolensis album that I liked so much, but he yeah. also did the Fit for an Autopsy album. I couldn't believe that. Like, if somebody had showed that to me before I read it and said it was by the same artist, I would not have believed them.
0: Yeah, it's insane. Like, him and Aloran Cantor are my two favorite artists of the metal scene in the last few years. They're just really good.
2: I'm also a sucker for Lewandowski. I know he does a lot of uh the same stuff over and over again but it's you know it's it's really cool stuff regardless
0: I just heard a new album coming up with um, Lewandowski on the cover uh, Humanity's Last Breath band is stellar I'm
2: really excited for that
0: album it's really good I listened to the whole thing yesterday and speaking of like part the breakdowns and parts of the genre that are kind of inevitable so you got to find ways to make them interesting that's pretty much what they do all over their new album coming out next year. It's just like every technique that you know is going to be there is somehow altered. It's interesting. Yeah, it's very exciting. Yeah. Uh, all right, back to my list. My number one pick that will surprise absolutely nobody because it's the only thing I've really listened to since it came out. The Emma, Ruth, Rundle and Thal release May Our Chambers Be Full." Do you get a chance to listen to this one?
2: You know, I listened to it literally in preparation for this call, and I wish so badly that I could say that I liked it more than I did, but I (laughs) totally understand why you did enjoy it as much as you did.
0: Yeah, well, for, for my context, for until it came out, one of the biggest things I'd been listening to all year was um, Mariner with Cult of Luna and Julie Christmas. Mm. And I just was really hungry for more of that kind of sound. And that's why a lot of that kind of sound is on my list. But right. Emma, Ruth, Rundle and Thao, I think is the pinnacle of that sound this year. So it's, it feels like designed specifically for me. And that's why I like it so much.
2: Yeah, seeing all the uh the more uh doomy picks on your list it definitely uh makes a lot more sense now.
0: Yeah, well, I I just like to play a lot of Doom in my room with good speakers and get blazed as shit and this is the perfect album for that. Totally understandable. Yeah, it's fucking beautiful. Like it's it's an album that like Bong Ripper by like like Terminal by Bong Ripper, like Mariner, like all those albums, I can listen to it for months. And then I'll just pay attention to the music, you know, a few months down the road and still get goosebumps, you know?
2: Yeah, no, I love it when that happens, when yeah. there's albums like that. I have a few like that in my top five as well.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, huge respect to this album. I like it a lot. And they got a new one coming out, a new EP already. I saw that. Yeah, and um, there's a new single out from it already, and that's really interesting. It seems like a much more um, upbeat Collab, Uh mm. so, yeah. Keen as fuck for this for this collab yeah. Yeah, I might have uh, to check that one out. At number four. This is actually
2: the last uh metal album that uh made the list. Uh, it got the highest of so this is my favorite metal album of the year. Titled album by Vengeful Spectre. I know you heard about that one. I'm not sure if you um listened, but it's uh Chinese Folk, black metal, super unique. You know, a lot of traditional Chinese instruments were used. And uh, great vocals, great production. I, I really love that album.
0: The, that one is um definitely one I've been meaning to check out. But every time I put it on my list, it's at the end of the list because it starts with V. Right. And I don't think I've ever finished a list in my entire life.
2: Yeah, totally recommended, but, um, that's why on the weekends when I, you know, I have my list of albums used to, I would listen sh- in like strict alphabetical order and I don't yeah. do that anymore because it would turn out that at the end of the weekend, I get tired of listening to shit and then everything from like S on got cut.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel about. And then
2: my number three pick, this album surprised the hell out of me. I did not expect it to resonate with me as much as it did. It was Down in the Weeds, Where the World Once Was by Bright Eyes. Um, oh shit, I didn't know there was new Bright Eyes. Yes, it's fantastic. Dude.
0: Oh, dude, I gotta listen to that, like, as soon as we finish. I fucking love Bright Eyes.
2: Oh, dude, you'll love it. It's so good. Um, lots of, uh, lots of, like, 70s influence on that album as far as like uh you know certain strands of pop rock and indie rock go tons of very classy instrumentation right i haven't heard
0: bright eyes since the people's key and i'm looking at it now and this is the first album since the people's key
2: yeah no they're they're coming off a very long hiatus
0: jeez fuck yeah
2: yeah, um, and of course, of course, fantastic, uh, lyricism from Conroe Oberst.
0: Yeah, but that day's nuts.
2: I can tell you that this one is definitely not, um, it's not even like emo adjacent. Like the old stuff used to cut that out of just about everything but the lyrics, but even still. And then, uh, number two was Marigold by Pinegrove. They have this very strange mix of indie, country, and emo music. Super <laughs> strange sounding on paper, uh, and probably not very good sounding on paper, but it really is fantastic. The, the melodies that they're able to put together, and um, their vocalist has a fantastic voice. Uh, that album makes me so fucking happy. I mean, it has really gotten me through this year in a, in a big way.
0: Nice. Yeah, I'll definitely have to listen to that. It sounds intriguing.
2: It is, uh, it is definitely kind of niche, but, um, they've actually, they've actually gotten pretty big because of it. So, I don't know, you might enjoy it, you might not. It's very soft. My number one pick was, and I'm sure, uh, you could probably guess it, I've been raving about it all fucking year. Um, Brain Faces Everyone by, pop-punk band, uh, Spanish Love Songs.
0: Um, Yeah, I haven't seen you post about that. I guess
2: it's not really fair to call them pop-punk. They're probably more adjacent to regular punk or emo, but they're... um, Man, that album fucking crushes your heart in the best way. Uh, Lyrics are incredibly relevant and entirely too relatable. So much passion and anger and the vocals and i don't know it's being it's an album about being poor in current times and
0: i saw the list, man
2: yeah man uh you too that's a, a lot of stuff on there for me to check out really
0: yeah well um next year we should just like do our 25s or whatever and then just fucking like merge it into like the top forty of 2020 for the website, just as an article. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, because like we both have picks that are like pretty, like solid shit, but like also under fairly underrated. So I think it'd be a good mix. Top forty, that would.
2: Yeah, I agree. How do you feel the year was for music, like overall? You know, given everything you heard. Cause...
0: I think it was really good for music, the art. Really fucking shit for music, the industry. Sure. The music industry became ten thousand times more cringe than it previously was. 2019 to 2020 was a huge shift. Like every press release mentions COVID now, or yep. what it did for a long time. It got to the point where I've just stopped reading press releases. I just press download if I haven't got it already, and I come back to the press release if I've listened to it and liked it. Because I just can't bear reading them anymore. It's just like in these uncertain times and these chaotic times, and it's just, I don't know, being reminded of shit, fucking how shit everything is every day.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I listen to this shit to get away from that. Yeah. So I totally see where you're coming from there.
0: Do you have, what do you, what do you think of 2020 of the year? Like, did you, I don't know, I felt like we were more, sprinting around just doing everything in twenty nineteen, getting a lot more excited about a lot more shit.
2: I don't know. I um at the end of twenty nineteen I thought that while I don't think I don't think it's fair to say that any year is a bad year for music because every year is gonna have, you know, those fantastic albums that come out. But I thought that um twenty nineteen was a bit underwhelming. Uh, as far as like established acts that I was already a fan of went um and I told myself that twenty twenty would be better because of a lot of releases that I wasn't feeding and yeah. I think for the most part that uh that held up you know i I do think it was a great year for music, despite the challenges you' got, the
0: uh, your, yeah. you got your profiles around the place yeah um
2: I got uh Twitter at uh, ZRR tweets um, looking for trying to think of some extra content to come up with for there uh, you know because I don't post too terribly often but uh, it's definitely a good uh, good outlet
0: to look out for he yeah, live then, tweets and listening out to albums on there sometimes
2: I do. Those are really fun. Uh, I started off doing them three times a week. I don't do them quite as frequently anymore because it's like a big task. Um, but I've been trying to do one monthly at the very least, uh, for some big new releases.
0: And you're on Instagram as well. Yeah. At,
2: um, uh, Zach's Z-A-X dot records dot and dot reviews. Uh, My Instagram definitely sees more content than any of my other platforms. Uh, You know, I do the the collection posts on there, all the throwbacks and the regular reviews and, you know, personal stuff uh, here and there on the stories and on the regular posts. Uh, That's definitely my favorite platform and my biggest. So,
0: Yeah, sweet. And you also do Facebook. Yeah, which
2: just recently got back up after I was post-blocked again. Yeah, you get suspended um, a lot. I do. Shit. It's very, it's pretty unfortunate. I wouldn't care if it weren't for my uh, review page on there. But uh yeah, I'm currently going back over the last 30 days and reposting all of the reviews that were missed on there. And then this coming week, because it's Sunday here. Um, I will be, uh, posting my list properly now that all my platforms are up and
0: running. Awesome. Um, I've got some shit to plug, I guess. Yeah, I'm starting a new podcast next You haven't got a name for it yet, but I'll probably get you on that one.
2: I think but, I saw something about that.
0: Yeah, basically it's going to be, I'm going to have one person either from the music industry or from a band or something each episode. And each episode just has a topic that we will discuss and tell stories about. So it's as much involving me as it involves the guests for that one, rather than all my previous episodes, which are heavily focused on the guests. So it's a bit more like this episode right now. Yeah. Instead of talking about the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah,
2: I'd
3: love to uh, be involved.
0: Yeah, I'm sure we could figure out a topic for us to discuss. Writing music reviews—I don't know—we could do an episode about that. It is.
2: Um, we could totally do that because the process is something that I think a lot of people don't really consider. You know, just uh, readers. And uh, every every different every reviewer has a different way of uh, doing things.
0: Yeah. And some reviewers get really angry at other reviewers and block them if they don't do it the way they think they should do it. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um I've only got one guest confirmed for that podcast so far, and that's uh, Margaret Kiljoy from Faminar School, and we're going to talk about anarchism because she's yes. quite versed in anarchism. I believe she's written books about anarchism. So Really? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, so I'm going to try and get people, rele- you know, topics relevant to what people do and discuss them in depth rather than promote an album, you know? yeah good opportunity to get friends on as well for sure what are you gonna do in 2021 just keeping that you gonna uh, any ideas no, plans just getting by uh
2: pretty much i'm gonna you know keep on uh keep on keeping on with all the stuff that i've been doing you know i'm gonna Keep up to date on that. Obviously I have uh the new job. Yeah. So I'm not really planning any new um any new content yet. I know the uh the monthly playlist thing I was doing kinda of went
3: tits up, uh there.
0: There's so many times this year where I tried to start something and it just went tits up like uh Patreon Yeah. Like uh, just a whole bunch of shit. There's times where even just reviewing an album once a week started becoming impossible. It was pretty fucked.
2: It happens. I know. Um, the playlist I... thing. There were several factors there. Uh, I was just that they took for fucking ever to make, and practically speaking, with a new job, I needed to cut some fat from, you know, my schedule, and with how they um. You know, they didn't get as much interaction as I would hope for such big projects. So, you know, I I just kind of cut it off, but I got some cool
0: stuff out of it regardless. Yeah, for sure. I haven't seen too many albums that are coming out in 2021 that I'm really excited about, except maybe the new Tribulation. Have you got any picks that you're looking forward to at all yet?
2: Ooh, Tribulation. I didn't know about that one. I'm going to have to see when that's coming out. Um,
0: wait, February. Let me,
2: ah, um, let me go and take a peek at my schedule real quick and see if there's anything I'm looking forward to. I know a to remember are putting out a new album. Uh, oh, yeah. I can't say I'm heavily excited for it given the singles and all the stuff that's led up to it. But we will see. Um, I know that new Witnesses that's apparently coming out in January is
0: something I'm excited for. Oh, um, uh, yeah. He did an interview uh, with the um, guy from Witnesses.
2: Yeah, no, he's a, he's a super cool guy. Um, Humanity's Last Breath, as we mentioned earlier, is an exciting yes, one.
0: Really good album. Strongly recommend it. Um it's a big one too it's 53 minutes long like oh yeah uh brand of sacrifice
2: uh death corban um they're releasing a new album on march 5th that's one i'm pretty excited for and that's roughly all i got uh really aside from some promos and some other miscellaneous stuff filling up uh January and February
3: and part of March.
0: Yeah, um apparently there's gonna be a new ingested EP in January. Already. Yeah, I wasn't too taken by the LP this year.
2: I enjoyed it. I did. I mean it's not like
0: revolutionary or anything, but I, I really liked it. There's um towards the end of January there's a new Nervosa album which I probably listened to. A new Theruin uh Theroin? Theron album I'll probably listen to. They're like doom metal. Mm. Uh Harikari for the Sky. The, that the one's body. exciting
2: with an asterisk yes. because of the controversy that led up to that. Um, yeah,
0: it's hard to know what to make of it all.
2: I'm still debating on whether I'm actually going to listen to it or not because I know that if I do, I'm going to like it because they're a fucking good band. But then reviewing it might spark some, you know, negative associations.
0: The situation there was kind of like they had a FASH contributor, realized, well, got called out for it and then took the FASH contributor off the record.
2: Yeah, but at the same time, you gotta think there's no way that they didn't know.
0: (sighs) Yeah, it's like the whole Alcest need situation, sort of. Yeah, he had association with a white supremacist demo, like over a decade ago. Like it's just, it's never easy to tell once it happens, you know.
2: Yeah, but then on the other hand, Harakuri for the Sky literally has a song about writing the Communist Manifesto. Yeah. So, it's kind of hard to, uh, gauge that situation.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is. We'll see what comes to light closer to release, I guess. For sure. Uh, uh yeah, and then at, at the very end of January is that new tri- Tribulation album where the gloom becomes sound, which, That's a- yeah, I've heard the single, it's not bad, but I'm guessing there'll be better tracks. Mm-hmm. February we got Cult of Luna, I'm looking forward to that, it's an EP. The Raging oh, nice. River. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Cult of Luna. Have been since... uh, Fuck, what was the name of that album? Somewhere Along the Highway. (laughs) Really good post-metal album. And we got a fucking throwback from like 2000. Lake of Tears has an album coming out. That's like old school gothic metal, like dad rock. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm actually curious as fuck about that one. They have a few different eras of sound. So we, I don't know what they're doing these days. Mm. Speaking of dad rock, Alice Cooper's got an album coming out. I'm not really interested.
2: Alice Cooper is still working. Yeah, I know. Right. Architects. I didn't even know Alice Cooper was still alive. Quite
0: honestly. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't. I haven't paid attention to it much in like the last decade. Yeah. Architects has an album coming out. Are you a fan of them?
2: I am not a fan of Architects. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to listen to it. But, um,
0: I'll probably listen to it with the expectation of hating it, yeah.
2: Yeah, because, I mean, they're, what bothers me about Architects is, and, and maybe it's not the same experience for you because you're not so involved in this scene as I am, but in the metalcore scene,
3: they are worshipped, and I don't fucking get it for the life of me.
0: They're Australian, right? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because everyone here... No, they're British. Mm. But there's a lot of fans of them here. Metalcore and progressive metalcore are huge in Australia.
2: Mm. Oh, yeah, for sure. Y'all got um that Polaris band. Yeah, we've got a few of them, man. I actually uh, quite like Polaris.
0: Not really for me. Um, We've got Epica coming out with a new album that I'll probably ignore. Me too. Creator, I might listen to that. Oh, it's a compilation album. I'll ignore it. Yeah. Melvin's Working With God new album now.
3: apparently lead singer's a shithead.
0: Yeah, apparently Buzz is a bit of a lib libertarian shithead. Yeah. Which is really unfortunate because I've been a huge fan of his work since I was, like, 14. Yeah, I know they've had but, some, some classics. But he is undeniably cringe. I've, the shit I've had him say is just not, it, it's too cringe to defend. Yeah. So, I'll probably listen to it, but not talk about it.
2: Understandable.
0: Moonspell. I'll listen
2: to that. Oh shit. And, um, in late January, I forgot there was a split. Between uh two slam bands, uh Ukrainia and Volvodnia. A lot of people
3: are gonna avoid that. A lot of people probably aren't gonna like it. I yeah. am going to like it.
0: <laughs> oh, nice. Actually there is a lot of controversial bands putting out music next year. Like um in March we've got I Hate God, which I've seen some talk about around the scene in various ways. But, yeah, I don't know if it's anything bad enough for them. They're obviously not cancelled. Like, everyone around here loves them. Yeah. Rob Zombie.
3: Rob Zombie still making music.
0: Yeah, music called The Lunar Injection Kool-Aid Eclipse Conspiracy. Oh, my. I'll listen to that. I probably won't like it. He made a movie that I watched this year and it made me so angry. 31, it's so shit. Like, that's the only movie review I did this year as I had to log into Letterbox just to do a one-star review about how shit that movie was. <laughs> yeah, no,
2: his
3: movies are not great. I've seen a few.
0: And in April, we've got While She Sleeps. Didn't they release an album this year? 2019, I believe. I could not give a shit about that band yeah I didn't really care about their last album much well there's a massive list of people with music currently in production though Mm. Uh, nothing At The Gates Baroness that's exciting yeah Beartooth Uh, Behemoth who cares fuck Behemoth Between The Buried and Me I'm keen on that I like them
2: yeah, the embarrassing thing is that I haven't listened to much between The Buried and Me.
0: <laughs> oh, sick. Death Heaven are working on shit. Oh, nice. That's always good news. It is. Devin Townsend. He's always working on something, though. He is. Fear Factory working on a return album, I think. Genghis Tron. Iced Earth. nice. Job for a Cowboy. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. That's super exciting. Yeah, that's gonna be pretty good. Magadeth, Mastodon. A lot of people have been waiting for some new Mastodon. I don't like their new stuff.
2: I need to listen to Mastodon in general.
0: I really like uh, Leviathan. That's their best album, in my opinion. That's really good shit. Obituary. Really. Yeah, pestilence. Papa Reich. Oh no! <laughs> a band called Sacred Reich. Reich. That that's alarming. Any I've band, heard of any, them. any band with the word Reich in it just makes, as a promoter, it just makes me nervous. It's like I don't know. They could yeah. be, they could be anti fascists, and still it makes me nervous. Yeah. Skid Row, holy fuck, that can't be a new album.
3: Surely not. I hope not. Probably a completion or something.
0: Voivod. That would be a good one. Whitechapel Chapel.
3: Mm. Ooh, really? That's a... I love Wolves that in... last one.
0: Yeah, it's pretty good. Wolves in the Throne Room. Are they... Um, uh, No, they're, they're fine, though. I'm pretty sure they're safe. Yeah, they're pretty good. They're like, um, good boys, deaf heaven boys.
3: Yeah. There was this promoter, uh, had to have been like six months ago
2: now, but they sent me this split and it was, it was two grindcore bands and, and almost certain they were like, uh, anti-fascist, anarchist. But one of them their band name had the fucking uh SS on the end of it. And I was like, I'm not promoting that, man. Yeah. <laughs> like I get the flip, but it it doesn't look good.
0: Nah, no, it doesn't. Never looks good. No. There was a lot of um Christ. At one point, especially during the height of Black Lives Matters this year, there was so much fucking just chattery in the black metal scene I was getting hate mail oh, I was getting like hate messages every day for amplifying black metal uh, black lives matter stuff and like they just get so fucking angry and like they they'll make multiple accounts to like harass you and shit like and like so many bands started getting more like brave with being like fashy and shit yeah I don't know it was weird some bands I really liked that I didn't know were sketchy, signed to like Profound War and mm-hmm. I kind of discovered they were sketchy people need to chill the fuck out next year
2: Sayor was a big hit for me yeah Learning that, he was that one hurt
0: yeah that sucked I still absolutely love
2: that album, I'm gonna have to like buy it on uh a, like second hand you know so he doesn't get the money but I need to buy it just so I have it, so I can take it off all the streaming services.
0: Well, people are making a lot of memes about As LA like, dying right now, about him being burned.
2: Oh my god, that was so fucking funny.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, Um, this year people did way too much promotion of Burzum for my liking.
3: Yeah, uh, that
0: Who fucking cares? email I got, man. Ah, oh, yeah. I can't remember what label it was, but he sent out a mass email. Satanist record. Yeah, he sent out a a mass email that didn't use CC to a bunch of promoters asking for help because his Facebook account got suspended for promoting Berzo.
1: Yeah, that's
2: that's so pathetic.
0: I believe that, wasn't there like emojis as well and shit? Like, I don't know, it was pretty...
2: Yes, it horrible. And I actually argued back and forth with him for a little bit. Uh,
0: oh no, I would have...
2: I know I didn't, I didn't show you the whole thing, but it got, it got pretty bad. Especially when this, um, but it, it pissed me off when he was insinuating that, you know, and, and a lot of black metal nerds do this. Uh, they'll act like censorship of like actual Nazi bands is just censorship in general and people yeah. trying to fucking cover up, uh, black metal and stuff like that. But that's, totally not the case nobody gives a shit you know it's 2020 nobody's trying to censor black metal yeah and he said he said you know it's Burzum now but what happens when it's like rotting christ or something i'm like rotting christ aren't nazis though that's the difference
0: although i'm not i am kind of sass about them in some way that i have I haven't got to the bottom of it yet though <laughs> it might just be that they're polish
2: maybe i've always heard that they're really good dudes though
0: yeah i love their side project yothara though Never heard of it. It's kind of a synthy, black metal, heavy metal hybrid. It's really good shit. Mm. Very, very nerdy. Uh, Yeah, Cancel Culture is this thing that, like... Metal Chud's pretty much invented to fearmonger against progressive metalheads, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's... In reality... Nothing gets cancelled. Information just gets to those who want it so they can make a conscious decision about their listening habits.
2: Exactly. Cancel culture is barely a fucking thing. It's not. It's it's barely just consequences to to actions.
0: Yeah. And either way, these people act like when you cancel one of their top 200 bands that you're somehow cancelling them as a person. And that's just not what's happening like they just fucking these wankers
2: they act like your conscious decision to not listen to something is you telling them that they themselves can't listen to it
0: yeah the whole um, concept that's not of, the case yeah the whole concept of chattery is to victimize themselves when they're the abuser basically
2: yeah And there's totally, there's totally ways, ethical ways to listen to artists that have done shitty stuff. And, you know, I always, I always hate the argument that I'm going to, you know, the whole fuck you, I'm going to listen to whatever I want. It's like, nobody's telling you, you can't
0: just, you know,
2: don't give them your fucking money.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You can separate the art from the artist, but can you separate the money from the album? Yeah, exactly. Not really. There's it's if people simplify it too much. It's yeah, you can absolutely ethically listen to music that isn't like good. Like you can fucking pirate albums if you want rather than Yeah, like, or,
2: you or like I said earlier, you know, buy a physical copy from a second hand source.
3: Uh where the artist isn't seeing any of the profit. Yeah, like no
0: one's telling you what to do in your home. Yeah. Do what you want in your home. But if you're on my timeline, then that's different, man. If you're like yeah. if you if you're gonna promote something, then you gotta be aware that you're gonna create divides because you're associating yourself with something that is divisive.
3: Yeah, for sure.
0: But yeah, they always put their hand up, don't they, to say, Oh, I'm a child, like oh this is affecting me in a negative way. Like they just put their hands up and identify themselves very clearly at least.
2: Oh yeah. That's, They're very I mean... loud about it. They are. They they do not hide it well at all.
0: Yeah, like there's just people that just get triggered by like something as simple as like seeing a a, tra- a selfie from a trans woman, and then they will somehow become a victim just because yeah of someone else's lifestyle. It's insanity. It's like how do you not just wake, look at yourself, and just go, oh, I'm being a big fucking baby."
2: I don't know, and they really are, too, and they frame it like it's the opposite, like they're, you know, macho and shit, and everybody else is a bunch of pussies, but it's
0: totally the opposite. Yeah, (laughs) the kind of dudes that complain about participation trophies and pink shirts.
3: Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh, well, they will all fucking die soon enough. Yeah, truly. In 200 years, I'm going to be so glad when everything from my entire life is forgotten. It's a strange concept to think about.
2: That everything that existed in your lifetime is one day going to be how we see things that happened, you know, that many years ago. It's a... certainly a strange
3: way to think about things
0: well i feel like um i was born into earth's b-sides and everything i've seen my entire life is just cringe as fuck like Please, there's been like not, nothing that needs to be documented yeah. for history really i can disagree to
2: an extent because i think <laughs> that at least like technologically and scientifically we've made uh you know great strides but i think otherwise that you're you're pretty spot on
0: anyway man i think that's good good chat
3: yeah absolutely be a fun edit